Welcome to the inaugural Around the Eels pod, or this week in the Eels pod. <laughs> we'll figure out a name. It's a, work, it's a working title. Welcome, I'm here with uh, 4020. Hey, boys. Birdie fan. Hey, how's it going? Or just Birdie. <laughs> yeah, Birdie. And Ricky. How are we doing? Not too bad tonight, boys. All right, so let's dig straight into it. Eels draw. What do you got to take away from it? Well, the, it's interesting because we have that really hectic first, was it nine or ten weeks? We play four teams twice. Ten um, weeks, we've got Panthers, Manly, Sharks, Tigers twice. I, don't, I know some people have said they like it. I don't know how I feel about that purely on a sort of storylines, if it sounds weird, perspective, because there's a couple of, you know, sort of traditional rivals in there, and by playing them twice within the first two to two and a half months, it sort of takes away the ability to build up a, a big sort of return grudge match. You know, you're not both going to be vying for the top eight in the business end of a season. And you sort of, I don't know, it sort of robs you, the fans, of some of that uh, energy, if you will, between the, the matchups. But it's not a bad draw on the whole, I think. Was it fifth or sixth on strength of schedule? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think we're 12th, 12th. Yeah, artists. sorry. In, uh, in, yeah, yeah. Inversely, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, yeah, as you're saying, Panthers twice in the first five weeks, you know, I, I think that takes away a bit from, from that rivalry, but, you know, uh, and plus we'll play them in the um, in the trial match most likely. Um, so what's that, three three games in about six or seven weeks? <laughs> yeah, with, with the, the final trial, that's our traditional sort of sounding board match for the, um, the final squad, isn't it? So like you said, three matches in the course of that really short span of time. Are you, Ricky? I, I, interesting part of the draw for me is the last three rounds are sort of it, it, it's it's really going to set us set us up in terms of where we finish is what Roosters, Cowboys, and Storm. Yeah, that, those that, final three that, games are killer. Yeah, as That's opposed it. to this year, right? Where we had that cruisy run into the finals. This one will be if we're there, which you assume we're going to be. It'll have a set up to be battle hardened. Well, that, that's oh, I think Brody was in the song. Well, that's the thing, you know. It's, it's better you go into it preparing to go and, you know, either just losing or beating the three sides that people think are going to be at the top. So it's a good it's a good litmus test for for finals footy, basically. Yeah, well, I think if you look at um, the Cowboys run into the finals this year, they were playing all top four teams in their well, besides us in their last yeah. four matches. You know, all top four or top eight teams, um, and although they, I think they lost five of their last six, they were still, you know, they, they, they sort of had that build-up where they were gritting it out against yeah, tough they, teams, all about losing. They knew where they were, right, against the cream of the crop, where, I mean, it wasn't like we are playing bad footy or anything. No. Right? It's sort of, you, you go in with uh, not, not a low, lower set of expectations. It's kind of hard to put a finger on how to say this properly, but, yeah, you're not necessarily up for that big match as much as you, you might otherwise be if you'd had those more battle-ready matches, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, here's the breakdown. We've got four Thursday night games, five Friday night games, nine Saturday night games, five Sunday games, and then the one on the Easter Monday against the Tigers, um, which has come a bit of a rivalry on that Easter Monday. I don't think it produces the best footy, but, you know, it's always close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so my thoughts are on the beginning part of the draw. The, you look at the first, first half of that draw, the first 12 games. I think, you know, we'll have to have, you know, a over 600 record, eight and four at least, um, to be looking pretty at the back end of the year. Yeah, exactly. 
it's, it's, it's very similar to this year in that sense is that we've got a, a rough start with, you know, a couple of big teams up there. Oh, no, I'm, I'm thinking wrong. I was thinking of the leak draw, my bad. But yeah, a strong, a strong start gets you a long way next year. Um, I think we were five and five and it, it, this year at about midway through the draw and then. Which, which considering, five. considering the strength of our schedule to start the draw, that was a brutal draw with, yeah, like, yeah. with like one home game in like the first five weeks and then two home it, games. It was, in the first it was, it was three, three in the first 10. There you go, three in the first 10, ridiculous. And uh, I think we I mean, break even on, on to, this. To defend the NRL somewhat, I think part of that had to do with a really, really crowded ANZ scheduling conflict, series of conflicts with mm. some, some um, uh, big music um, figures coming in and whatnot, which did end up leading to us getting shunted around. But it was a pretty rough um, rough opening to the, the, uh, the season, as much as everyone mocked our strength of schedule for being the second or third easiest in 2017. Still so, the I just want to clarify, we're going to get one draw, right? I've oh, got one draw, one buy. Yes, yeah, because yeah. the the new the new global buy will be the uh, the representative. That's standalone origin, yeah. That's yeah, that's right. So looking they at wanna... from round thirteen to round sixteen, we got realistically Cowboys will be our hardest test. We've got Knights, Rabbitohs, and Dragons. Now, if we can, you know, snag all three. Three out of four, we can go into by another two points, and then we've got round eighteen against Knights, and then that's that. That will set up our season, I reckon. If we can get through from round say thirteen to round nineteen without without losing at least one game, only that much. Yeah, I think we'll have to be stronger through the middle section of the draw next year, given that you know we we did have a relatively easy run home, and we won nine of ten. Um, to round out this this year, and I don't think we can rely on that being the case this year. When you know, as as Ricky said before, those last three games and two are on the road up to Cowboys, and then you have got to turn back around and go down to Melbourne and try beat them, and then Roosters at home. So, what what, what will play to our strength once again is I don't think we're going to be robbed of many players during State of Origin, as well as our team players. Oh, we sort of get overlooked, no. and yeah. you know, obviously Nathan Brown and Quinton Gufferson enjoyed massive breakout seasons, but. New South Wales Blues have a stacked back line and their forward pack's actually pretty good. It's always been the halves that have been the issue. Yeah, so, well, I thought they, you know, the, the two players that they dropped, um, one being Michael Jennings, um, you know, to replace by a fullback and, you know, another yeah, fullback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were both found out. Logic there, that's know? right. If they picked with the pick the special centre, who um, who actually had a good last, last start game for the Blues, but he had a rough series that, Particularly, well, he, game two he was rubbish. Um, and, That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but, but much it's much to our benefit. So you know, it, I mean, I don't know if Mitchell Moses' name will come into the um the selection hat for the halves. You never know how the Blues are going to go that way. Uh, Cleary's can, that the hype junior at the moment. That's 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 true. Cleary does have the the hype train. I know Ricky's all over that, right? Even even uh, <laughs> Cleary uh, from the Roosters, if he wants to play for New South Wales, you know, they might go for same club combo, but. That's true. Well, I mean, yeah, if, no. if, if that will be the club combo, depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks with the Roosters, right? Yeah. I mean, if they do have to end up shedding plays to sign old Cooper. All right. Well, let's let's get started on the World Cup. Yep. So kicking off this Friday, October 27, Dravy England. Let's have a quick brief rundown over all the squad. So um, in the top tier nations... We have one player, Brad Takarangi, who's lined up in the team list today. So he'll actually be starting at centre. Uh, Long overdue for Brad. He's been been a really solid player for a long time. And, you know, he's had some issues of injuries, but 
that was a really strong sort of back half back third in 2017 where he just, you know, found a really nice niche playing and that's a much deserved call up for New Zealand. It could actually be a smoky for New Zealand, I think, because we always talk about Tucker having one of the best in and aways of all the centers in the game and just that ability to offload to the wingers. So, you know, he, he could, he could put the likes of, you know, Dugan or, or even Callum Watkins and all, all that stuff, England down the track if they play them and those sorts of guys could really put them under pressure who, Probably haven't come up against him too often. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like from the draw he'll have Jordan Rapana outside him, so you know that's Oof. that could be lethal. Yeah. That could be, yeah. That's that like a semi, pretty much. Shades of semi, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, that is the closest thing left in the NRL to good old semi. Exactly right. And and can I ask Sean Johnson? His preferred side is the right side as well. So you'd have Sean Johnson, Brad Takarangi, and Jordan Rapana playing on that right edge. So if they can find their, if they can find their chemistry, that would be lethal. Yeah. yeah. Um, plus, you know, either uh, Tapine or or Bromwich on that right edge. I think Kenny's preferred side's right as well. So if if they get going on that right edge, watch out. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a big um, side. That that was right or left side. You know, they're both what six foot tall. You know, close to one hundred kilos. So it is a very say mm. the other side seem a bit small. To be honest, you know. Oh no, you're right. The other side, DWZ and Jared Bell. Um, you know, I think yeah. Jared Bell's the, uh, the the stark outstanding there. Because <laughs> <laughs> with Dan Lesnack, he's actually you don't appreciate it, but he's actually surprisingly big. But yeah, yeah he's quite big. But um, Gerard Bell, like you said, he does stand out a little bit in that that back line, which is otherwise pretty pretty schmick looking for all the issues that New Zealand had losing players to Tonga. Their back line still looks pretty um pretty good. I think it's a three quarters decent squad actually. If you look through it, um, yeah, you know. you're, you're right. I mean, it would have been interesting to see if it had been full strength, but there is a good mixture of um, uh, sort of work rate and power through the forwards. Um, I mean, well, I think- Thomas Leilure at Hook is probably going to be a, a question mark. I know he's done an okay job there before, but uh, they're going with him, him and Levi for the one-two punch. So New Zealand's first match will be against Samoa on Saturday. So let's have a look at the Samoa lineup. We have three Eels. Oh, sorry, two eels. Frankie P and Sui Matangi off the bench. Jeez, I couldn't have scripted a better um, opening match for the New Zealand Samoa, right? With all the um, storylines coming into that game. Oh, sorry, Tonga. It's Tonga. I'm, I'm all over the place, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> that Samoa Tonga game is going to be played yeah. in New Zealand. That's going to be, um, that's going to have that some fireworks going on that yeah. one. Um, so Frankie P starts at second row. He didn't get much game time for us this year. No, uh, so it'd be interesting to see how he goes in the World Cup. A halves combo of Ben Robertson. Yeah, that, that is some top <laughs> tier ex eels. Oh, oh. Is that 2011 or 2012 eels? I can't remember. I tell you what, though, if if Benny Robertson this year shows up that, like he was playing for Castleford, he could yeah. he, he could do anything. But but you're telling me there's no one else like playing NRL that for Samoa that could play like isn't there a guy called Samusoni Lengi like he's Tongan. Come on. Far Brown is named in the reserves list and he has had played sorry, he has played some halves in his um background, but he's lately been more of a hooker than anything. But I mean you probably think he could do a better job than Joseph Paulo or Ben Roberts. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely putting in um, Brown over those two, but you know, I'm not selector, so it's it's not a bad looking team though. I mean Tim Lafley no. 
and Joseph Lailua, as much of a dropkick he is, is a good player on his day. Kemamalo enjoyed a, a solid 2017. Uh, yeah, Lasone, Lasone, Paulo, Papali, Pritchard, Lisa Armel, that's a decent pack. Yeah, well, I think you've got to get BJ away from Blake Austin and, and yeah. he'll probably play back to his potential. <laughs> if, if, the rumors, if the rumors are to be between Blake Austin and Jared Croker with the whole wedding stuff that's come out. Um, yeah. Um, well, BJ will be up against his, um, his you know, other half of that centre wing pairing. Um, I think they'll be playing opposite sides of the field, but, you know, going toe-to-toe yeah, in that first round of match. Opposite sides, yeah. Right on right. Right, and then we move to, so, um, Fiji versus USA is being played on Saturday as well. Just the one, it, well, he's not an eel yet, but he will be after um, we kick over into November. Kane Evans, right. starting prop. Tall timber, old Kaney boy. Yeah, be, um, he's obviously the one that a lot of para fans are going to be following for the whole campaign, right? Because he's um, been a hyped junior for the Roosters, but hasn't quite kicked on to the level that the um, wider NRL would have expected. But, you know, people saying similar things about Nathan Brown, right? So, on that name. I, from, from what I can gather from Kane Evans, uh, Roosters, their forward pack, and, and especially their bench forward pack, is so versatile that I think he got himself lost in there. He didn't have a defined role. Um, that's my take anyway. That's that's probably not unfair. I mean, you look at that forward pack, and it, it is ridiculously loaded because you've got the likes of Aurea Hargraves and Napa leading the way as the starting props. And then that back row is just disgusting. Boyd Cordner, CSI Takiyaho, who is an absolute gun. Um and then, you know, you've got a couple of bits and pieces fitting in through there. But I, I can definitely understand that point of view. That makes a lot of sense. And and, and they're favoured to get Angus Crichton for 2019, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. After picking up Teddy and Cronk, it's um, pretty solid. Pretty yeah, solid they're, they're probably, they'll have to sell their whole side to do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe uh, Tupo will be on like 800k. That's how they get their money. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's interesting because um, Fiji playing USA, did you say, Hamish? That's right. Yeah, um, uh, USA obviously lost their captain from the last World Cup who defected back to the team we were just talking about. Joseph Paulo was um, the captain and um, half for the... That's right. He did that Dirty Wiggles um, video promo, if I remember. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, an ex, and an ex-Eel, um, or Eels Jr., Tui Kam- Kamika, Kam- Kami Kamika, yeah, sorry, that's right. running up. Can the para and couldn't quite kick on there. Went to the Storm, played a few games. Well, he went to provincial rugby in Australia first, and then went to the Storm. Well, we also have. And there's another uh, uh, That's right. So, oh yeah, brother. Yeah. So the good old what they call him the the. Oh, Beretta, as in the game. Yeah, he had had, had that nickname like the nine millimeter legs or whatever it was, or whatever it was. Yeah. And there is there is another exile that some people might have heard of playing in the halves. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so Jared Hayne lines up at number six. Let's see if he'll do any better there than he has in the past at number six. Um, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of Eels fans are past that, you know, that, that, that oh, sort of sure. disgruntlement. Um, I really hope he kicks on um, and gets back his mojo because it, it's good for NRL when he's playing well. Um, that's, you know, my thoughts on that. Um, well, I think he's in a good position. He's got Garth Brennan is a guy that is really going to get the best out of players in general. So he's very he can, highly. Regarded. Yeah. So so if he can do that with Hayne, then you know oh. he alone could have a 
an 9 esque season, basically. It doesn't even need to be 9 esque I mean, that that's a standard that he's held well, to. But exactly, if, but yeah. If he, if he plays any sort of degree of competent football for Jared Hayne, he'll tear up the NRL. Look back at 2014, you know, he wasn't at 2009 level, but he was Jules Daly a medalist. Exactly, just playing good all-round football. I'm really interested to see how Garth Brennan goes on a tangent because he has been fantastic in both the 20s and the um, reserve grade competitions for the Panthers. So it's a very old-school progression to the coaching ranks for the NRL. You don't see it too often. A lot of times, you know, they sort of get plucked out of reserve grade or or, um, whatnot, or there's a big coaching reshuffle on the NRL level. But um, Brennan's story is really interesting, and I, I hope he does well. The, the Titans certainly need to be um, turned around. Now, is it true that, um, that Ash Taylor is going to stay on now because of the coach? Now, where would he um, have decided, like, oh, I'm going to stay on because I like this coach? Like, have they, has he coached him at a junior level or...? No, he never has, but I think he's... I think... Well, you're going to just per- get him on I, I think, that's why. I think one of the blokes that was getting in, from, from what I read, that was getting in Taylor's ear a lot was... Matt Robinson, because he was at he was at Penrith for a while. Mm, yeah. Brennan, those, those early years of running in the in the ISP before it was called the ISP was just in New South Wales Cup. But the yeah, like Matt Robinson and a couple of other guys that are, are playing in the Queensland Cup and and whatnot, they they sort of got in Taylor's ear and said, look, you know, this is a guy that can, can really get the best out of you. So it's probably worth sticking sticking around. There is actually another XL in the Fiji squad just looking through. Um, one Braden Williami of um, quite oh, infamous. infamous oh, yes. Nuts. Oh, never won for like, what, 30 games or something? Yeah. Yeah, he had that he... awful, awful losing streak and had probably a problem scoring the, over the white line as well. But yeah. uh, that was something amazing at Manly, wasn't it? When he went through that, between Parramatta and Manly, he had that incredible streak of um, no, no victories for a, like a rookie to then NRL player. What, what is it, funny enough, those 14 or 15 games? <laughs> that sounds about right off the top of my head, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, sorry. You know, that's so Corey great. Maitland, didn't he play for our juniors, like NYC? Or was that another Maitland there? Because I remember uh, that last name. That was, uh, you're probably thinking of the, oh, no, he didn't play in our juniors. No, Maitland was a paramedic. Oh, Maitland, Corey Maitland, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. yeah played for back. Uh, sort of a little two. little dynamo at the full, at the yeah. full back, but he was sh- like short. Probably, yeah, two. would have really struggled to kick on. Yeah, exactly. I remember my mate, was, uh, my mate was, uh, he played uh, SG ball for them and he was going to make NYC. He's playing, um, what's it called? He's playing for Guildford House now. And I remember he told me he lost his position to a guy called Maitland. So that's yeah. why his name, you know, sticks out. Right. Yeah, cool. let's, Maitland, let's yeah. move on to our next game up is Ireland and Italy, which is played on Sunday. Now, the Italian squad, we have Daniel Alvaro at starting prop and Nathan Brown at starting lock. Well deserved for both of them yeah, as well. That, that's really... I mean, Brownie is, Brownie is a given. Like, the way he played this year was just, you know... Oh, I mean, you talk about players going to another level, right? And he, he oh. went well above that. He just... It was transformative, wasn't it? Because he was a... Uh, sort of fringe first grader across the Tigers and Souths, you know, known as more of a fug than anything else. And he comes to Parramatta and just, you know, blows people's minds. Oh, he did. Well, 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 I, three, uh, lock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I was on the, I mean, not that I was hesitant to sign Brownie, but, you know, I, I, I've got friends at Souths in particular and 
just some of the stories that they would say of what he what he'd do in his junior days, and you know, like. Oh well, I think we've all seen that clip of him back um, with the Tigers in the under twenties, where yeah, exactly, that's, <laughs> that's just one example, yeah. But you know, just sort of like there's there's stories of him doing the old, you know, the old monkey grab and and all that sort of <laughs> oh, yeah. all that sort of stuff as well. And I was just like, shit, if, you know. But yeah, I mean, there were legitimate concerns for fans coming into the season. Brown, yeah, hundred percent. Jeez, he he just put it all away, didn't he? He just you know turned himself oh, into a, a footballer, and he let his let his um, form on the field do all the tackles. Talking. Exactly. Oh, he deserves credit for that. Like you know, that's that's if if there was ever yeah. a reversal of of a, of a player, that's that's it, hundred percent. From one year to the next, just like the season almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was him, him or Kiri, I suppose. There's not much more. Or probably Paul Vaughan. Yeah, Vaughan. I mean, Vaughan was excellent for the Dragons. But when um, you talk value for money wise, like that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, you know, he's. I think what he's on one hundred fifty thousand. Was it was it reported in the paper? That that's what um Fox Sports said throughout the season. I think that first year, yeah. But um, probably while we're praising players, Daniel Alvaro probably deserves a fair bit as well. He had enjoyed quite a strong 2017, I thought. I thought his back end of the season was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it was. I mean, his his in a lot of in a lot of ways he reminds me of. I mean, I know that I know Heinmarsh was a back rower, but sort of like in his younger days, that sort of just like that that kind of never say die sort of thing. Just you know, just the, the motor and the engine just go going on. Yeah, and on. I mean. He's never going to be a highlight real player, but he just you know what you're going to get from Daniel Alvaro. Exactly going to be right. 100 he's meters still... a game, 30 tackles, and he's like one of our best effort players. I mean, he makes doubles, triples from marker. He um, he's really good at attacking the legs on um, on a guy that's in contact. He wrestles well. Uh, you know, he's just really stout through the middle, and it's you know pro- probably our best ruck defender as far as props are concerned. Sure. Ten bag of meat pie as well. <laughs> yeah, he scored, he scored a couple of good ones, didn't he? Um, there's a few ex-heels in this squad as well. I mean, not necessarily juniors or whatnot, but Mason Ceruto spent a couple of seasons with us. Uh, who else was there? I see Brendan Santi, obviously, didn't work out for us when he came over. Yeah. From the Ricky Stewart special signing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone was quite high on that signing at the time because he had that big under-20s game for New South Wales, if you recall. Where, um, I think, was that the same that Kane Evans played, maybe? Oh, I, I think you're right, yeah. Um, so, Kane, so, growing Kane up, so, growing up, I played high school footy against Brendan Santi, and... I just remember he always made every rep team because his coach was the Bulldogs uh, SG ball coach, and I always thought he only got on for reputation. And when I saw him play at NYC, and I honestly thought he was the real deal until we signed him and he went back. And then he just struck with it. Went to exactly. <laughs> what, was he was he as dirty as he looks? <laughs> no, no. You know what he reminds me of? And, and when I reversed him, he was like a um, a skater boy, pretty much. A okay. Was he you know, like? I thought he was a bogan with dreadlocks. Put it that way. Yeah, that's he's, right. He he's got that the, unwashed look about him. Oh, <laughs> a yeah. bit like an Aaron. He needs a bath or something. And then in, in the extended squad, Philly is Joey Tramontano, who spent quite a few years in the um, district groups for Parramatta at Hooker, but he's at the Bulldogs these days. Yes, yeah. I remember him. No, the interesting name for me is in that Irish squad, Pefferangi. Oh. Oh. Api Pefferangi. Good old Api Pefferangi. Uh, we signed him as a um, the Newcastle captain for NYC. Yeah, right. you know, he's been he, he went from us to New Zealand for reserve grade, then went to rugby, and he's obviously back, <laughs> back again. And um, 
Yeah, he's playing. Um, he's, he's at the London Broncos, I think, in the uh, the the championship. But, um, um, the only other yeah. interesting name I think in the Italy lineup is young Jack Johns. Really, I mean Terry Campisi's making a return from like whatever group rugby league he's Queen playing. Bean. But uh, yeah, Quimbian, that's right. He took Quimbian, them to the they, 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 they won yeah. their group, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Italy are pretty like they want like Fiji. I think a, a team that can probably put up a challenge for a while, but it probably end up play, being... yeah. I don't think. Well, if you look at their pool, they've got um, with Italy. It is Fiji, Italy, and USA. So yeah, it's like the short to pool, get it, make it out of there. Fiji or Fiji or Italy. Um, what what is it play? Is it round robin format play twice in that one? I'm not sure if the short pools how it works. So it's it's whoever's the top pool out of the three makes it through, um, and then in pools A and B, it's the top three make it through to the next. Yeah, exactly. So it'll probably come down to the Italy Fiji game if you in that one. Yeah, I think that's yeah, USA. You don't want to say making up numbers, but um, with with guys like James Desco and the Italy squad, he's probably enough of a game breaker. Yeah. And if, you know, maybe Jared Hayne and Fiji if he can fire up. That it'll be that that'll probably be what the the star matchup is in that game, right? Tedesco versus Hayne. Definitely. Alrighty. So out of all the, the lower two, oh, go on. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, out of all the lower two nations, who do you reckon has a, a shot to make say the quarterfinals? Who, know, we, who are we qual- so who are we qualifying as the the T one nations here? Australia. Oh, sorry, t- yeah, t- so Australia, England, New Zealand. That's all I mean. Did the Tonga get in there now off the strength of their squad, or are they still an unknown? I, th- I think they're a bit over at this point. I, th- I yeah. think they've got to deliver on that that, that lot first. That's, that's fair enough. Well, see, I, well, think, I think what you look at is Tonga, Samoa, Italy. They've all got decent back lines and forward packs. It's just the halves that is, you know, like Tonga's, Tonga's got Lola Heia and Hingano, and then you go to Samoa, and they've got, Roberts and Paulo. Well, the the, ex, the then, ex-para one. Yeah, and, right? and then Fiji's got... Um, Jared and... Um, yeah, Jared Henry, and... Henry Ravalui, who was Ravalui, an ex-Wenty boy, playing, yeah. kicking and around. And obviously, Italy's got Campisi and John, so that could be anything. I mean, it, it's... It, it, it's They're so even, except for the halves. That's, that's, that's like the one the one constant among the four... Those four teams that are expect The second-tier teams that... Yeah, can so do something. I suppose so you, you could argue that whoever gets... The best stable performance out of their spine, I suppose. Probably exactly. The furthest. If they can just, you know, get a kicking game and a little bit of game management out of their halves. Actually, yeah. I guess if I, to answer your question, Bertie, if I was going to say anyone, I'd probably say Fiji only because Coruscant is, is a hooker. I think of the four teams, he's probably the, he's probably the best hooker of those second tier teams. Yeah. And he's going to get his hands on the ball the most out of all the spine yeah. players across those three exactly. teams. So, did have a very good season this season, Appy. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was fantastic for Manly. Uh, he struggled in the first season with him, but he really found his feet this year. Yeah, oh, 100%. Well, I think that was because he was getting bumped around, you know, playing 5-8 or... Yeah. Right. Juggling hookers and halves, and he was getting yeah. lost in well, the shuffle. Yeah, that's, that's when they couldn't decide whether it was Parcel or Coruscant and and mm-hmm. whatnot, and eventually, yeah, Parcel left, and Coruscant got that position, so... Right, on to the next game, France and Lebanon. No Eels in the French squad, but two in the Lebanese squad. With our Captain Courageous, or Captain Headnock, however you want to <laughs> phrase it, uh, Timmy Manor, and uh, Mitch Moses in the sixth jersey with Robbie Farah playing halfback. That seems a bit odd to me. 
Oh, you, mean, you mean to tell me that the French didn't select Bevan? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, yeah awful. I make, I make no regrets for that comment. Um, yeah, Robbie Farrow and the halves. I mean, we've seen it in the NRL every now and then. Uh, I suppose it comes down to just player availability, right? I mean, oh, Lebanon, would, Lebanon wouldn't have a, a, exactly a glut of halves. And to be honest, of the of all those teams we talked about before, Robbie Farrow and Mitchell Moses might be the best half combination. That's um, true. Yeah, that's yeah. As, I mean, as funny and, as it would be. And I get, think it's going to be it's going to be a battle for if um, Mitch can um, impose himself on the game and overcall Farrah. Um, yeah, well, that, that's like exactly whilst, right. whilst he's been in the, the 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 league, you know, for about three or four years now, um, you know, he, he's worked with pretty um, poor half pairings. So um, Mitch will have to to, to overcall Farrah, and we all know Farrah likes to uh, to have his hands on the ball more than not. Yeah, if, if if they can find that balance where Farrow is a distributor and let Moses be the real attacking presence along the edges as the half, Lebanon could actually be, as far as halves play is concerned, pretty solid. Well, I've, I've got them tipped to come out of Pool A uh, with France missing out. So, yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. No, that's yeah, that's you could definitely say that France will miss out. I mean, you know. The French are bit, they've been a bit of a conundrum in the past, kind of thing. So, sort mm-hmm. of, money, or half their squad come from Catalans, who <laughs> had, a bit, had a bit of a poor season as well. And they've got uh, Benny, Ben Garcia, he used to play for, played, played for Penrith like one game or yeah. whatever it was. And yeah, he was at Penrith for a yeah, bit. That's right, yeah, he came and across for a short time. across, Gus Gould was talking him up, and 18 months later, he left, so. But, and, um, like most of the other squads, there's a few no. other Eels and ex-Eels sprinkled in here. Alex Wilde. was the incumbent. Under, oh, he's graduating this year into, well, I presume, into State Cup or whatnot, but Anthony Lagoon was the reigning or incumbent NYC fullback for us. Jason Wiebe is a boss from the past. Oh, wow. Yeah. Playing at centre. Playing at centre, yeah. I looked at that and I was like, Wow. Abbas the Beard Miski, he spent a season with us, was a short little powerhouse on the wing. Yeah, Mansour's uh, clone. That's, that's right, he looked like a mini Mansour, exactly. Um, Alex 12, obviously, an XL that was Tigers this year. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of, I mean, Nick Cassis was a stalwart for Wenty for a number of seasons, and I think yeah. he departed to Blacktown and then came back to Wenty this year. Yeah, he so, did, yeah. Well, there's uh, the the reserves has Danny Barricat as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say Danny Barricat's definitely um went to went in mainstay. So yeah, and um, I don't know. Is that that's that's it? I think I think that's it. No, I yeah. think just one thing with oh one thing with Lebanon. I was going to say I think that whole Moses Farah battle. <laughs> Freddie Fitler is probably the perfect guy to sort of oh you're not wrong wedge that gap type of thing because you know he he played a lot of five eight and half back in his career so. He's gonna, you know, he's he's gonna be able to say, look, you both have a role to play, but you do this and you do that, and and all of it's gonna flow as it should. So it's it's probably if you're gonna have any coach to sort of assist with that, Freddie's probably probably a damn a damn good choice to have. I agree. I mean, I mean, Freddie's a good players coach in that sense, and he got he got a fair bit out of the Roosters in his first season as coach before sort of the wheels came off. But he spent some time, you know, around the scenes for City Country now and. Amongst the New South Wales, New South Wales origin in the sort of periphery, but um, looking at that pack, they're going to have to graft their way to victory. I think they can well, just get. 
get into yeah. the contest and give um Farah and Moses a chance to sort That's, of you know yeah, find exactly. find some gaps and whatnot. Yeah, yeah it's this. And Michael, I mean, we we didn't mention, it, but Michael Leisha, once Des Hazard sort of was um taken away from the control panel for the dogs, he enjoyed a strong finish to twenty seventeen. So that gives him three solid spine players and yeah. Anthony Leon, who I get, who is a, a solid fullback. And we probably can't about. Sorry, I was just saying, you probably can't forget our good old Eels legend and under under twenties coach Luke Burt, his assistant. Yep, Luke Burt. Bernie, kind of, if, if there's one thing of, Luke Burton knows, it's football, isn't he? He was always a very heads up. And yeah. So I think he'll be he'll be good for the harm the spine in particular. And, oh yeah. Um, I mean, he came off a really strong 2017 where he took a young NYC team to the grand final. So this what he did, that's the thing. I mean, that's I mean, considering that was his first full year of coaching as well, that that was definitely not, not a not a bad effort at all to go all yeah. the way to the grand final, particularly after you know that first. First twelve to thirteen rounds, it was kind of up and down, and you know, sort of not, I mean, not really all the young missing, guys missing missing seven or eight first first choice players as well. well so that's, well, that's that yeah, exactly right. Really, exactly. really good result. I mean, everyone hates that we lost the grand final, but Bertie deserves yeah. plenty of applause for his efforts. This oh, year. he does, hundred percent. It's on a side note for the New South Wales top job. If Brad Fittler say gets a win, maybe two wins out of this World Cup, do you think he should be the favourite? I think he is already favourite. I, I mean, I'd if he didn't get Lebanon produced, sorry, you go. And right? again, I'd go with Freddie purely from that that halves perspective because that's that's literally been, for lack of a better term, that's a, that, that's kind of been a joke for, for New South Wales for. Yeah, well, that, that's that's been the difference, hasn't it? Is this so, point or halves? So, you know, yeah. yeah. so Freddie's Freddie's the sort of guy that whether it's Cleary or Pierce or Kiri or you know, Pierce Maloney or goodness knows whoever they pick, he's, he's going to be a guy that's, that will literally sit down, like actually sit down with the halves only and just you know, give it, talk to them and, and give it, give them his knowledge about how to best, you know, how to, how to play your best at that level. Cause you know, he was at, he, 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 he was part of goodness knows how many winning New South Wales size, you know, back in what, the mid nineties and early two thousands and that. So, oh, yeah. he, so he knows he exactly multiple premierships and his multiple multiple exactly. origins. Exactly. And I said it before, but he's a players coach. So he's a guy that, you know, gets in there and will rev the boys up, you know, you know, he's their friend, he's their coach. Yeah. And well, which I, doesn't I, it doesn't always work on the NRL scale, but no. for three games a year it's almost ideal if you can get a guy that gets in there and fires them up. Well, that's what you have well, I think that's all you need at that level. You, you know, I think tactical coaches, that's your assistant coach. Um, and, and Freddie's shown, you know, City, I know it's only City Origin, but, but some of those country league teams were much hyped up to, to take away those games mm, easily. Exactly. And, um, you know, he, he got a, a group of players that were a little bit maligned, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's taken a bit, some big wins in, in that, um, arena. I, exactly. I think that's why Queensland's been successful because you sort of have the you've got the players men, I first Meninga and then Walters, and you've got the tactic like Michael Hagen and all these sort of like real tactical guys just behind them, you know, sort of Hagen Hagen made them successful, not Meninga. Meninga just gave him a speech. Oh yeah, I mean, boys, let's just go for a win. That's it, you know, like a couple of players called Cam Smith. 
yeah, the plus, JT plus and Billy Slater and whatnot yeah. sort of helped few, that success as generation well. players, yeah. Exactly. Well, that'll do it. But, but you know, Origin is – whilst it's a bit about coaching, it's less about coaching and getting players up for big games. Yeah, it, it's emotion yeah. and intensity, isn't it? It's three games a year and you don't want to leave anything left on the field and you just got to get your boys fired up for it. And that's where I think Fittler would probably do a good job at. And, I, I mean – We've just we've had a carousel of coaches, and we've had guys that from Craig Bellamy, who is a NRL tier legend. You know, whether you you sort of hold the salary cap stuff over him or whatnot, but he's been a consistent, you know, force for the Melbourne Storm. He didn't get anything out of New South Wales, and you've had Ricky Stewart, who we thought turned it round, and Laurie Dowie, who we thought turned it round. But I don't know. It, it, we haven't found the right combination between playing talent and coaching. And I think we had the playing talent there. Now, if Queensland guys starting to wind down a little bit, um, oh, we had game two won this. Uh, yeah, this it, that's the big thing, isn't it? We had it won and we switched off, and that cost us the series. We couldn't bounce uh, back from that. You know, I was there, and the whole second half, I was screaming at my mates, "Why are we not attacking down that right edge when you've got JT absolutely busted hanging out on a wing?" Um, you know, yeah, I was yeah, as fired up as as Joey was. Um, watching that. Someone cut up that montage on Reddit after the game oh, was painful. of JT just in the defensive line, and he's just his shoulders hanging. He's got nothing, and we didn't go to him at all. It was brutal. All right, uh, well, let's get back. One, one, play we, one play we forgot to mention on a tangent from a tangent going back to Luke Burt is Celeste Fahinga's in the Fiji squad as well. Yeah, he's, he's that name. Yeah. yeah. Who's um, the MYC back rower who's got another year of eligibility into the state-based competition, and he enjoyed a fantastic 2017. He's a massive unit, big engine. Um, plays with a lot of ticker, and he's got some surprisingly good ball skills for a big man. So he'll be he isn't listed in the team this week, but hopefully he gets a run at some point. Yeah, fingers crossed he does get a run. All right, now on to Scotland and Tonga. So the much um, talked about Tongan team. Uh, we have three eels: Michael Jennings playing at centre, Manu Mau at second row, starting second row, and Penny Terrapo off the bench. I mean that's that's pretty good for Parramatta, isn't it? I mean, Penny was a starter in recent years for the Tongans, but given the the big pact that was made by all this tier one talent, he sort of got lost in the uh, the reshuffle to the bench. But it's a good looking team, got a lot it's to like, prove though, haven't they? Oh, hundred percent. Well, it's just like I was saying before. It's you know, what, 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 I mean, when you have got a back line of what there's Hopawadi in there, Manu Vatavai, Connie Hurrell, Tupo. Well, I mean, you know, like look, look, look at the backs not playing. Solomon Akata and David Fusatua. Exactly. Like that, that, that tongue and depth in the backs is just remarkable. Like, you, you could argue that Manu probably doesn't, Manu Vatavai, not Manu, sorry, probably doesn't deserve his spot in the team based on 2017 form. David Fusatua is probably a, a walk up starter there. Yeah, yeah but, um, I'd, leave, I'd leave played in 2017. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got bumped out of the Warriors. But, um, but, no, that's that that Tongan side could be anything, but yeah, you know, Lolohe and Hingana, who knows what you're going to get with that. It's so. all about chemistry, isn't it? They haven't played yeah. together, and so yeah. if they can hit the ground running as a team, they're going to really like they're going. We're talking semi-finals, if not a final, if they get on the right side of the draw. Oh, they could do. I mean, you know, especially a team that's got Jason Tamalolo in it now. I mean, that, yeah, he's, I mean, Tamalolo yeah. is is a game winner. I mean, he's got oh, yeah. issues of consistency and some of his off the field stuff, but. There is when he's on. There is not a prop better than him no. in the game. Eighty minutes no. can just devastate you up the middle. There, there's well, it, no it, other comparable player. It just takes one moment, like the 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 prelim or the qualifying final against the Sharks. Everyone was like, "Oh, the Sharks have it." Made that one that one one run that what twenty meters out broke like five six tackles. 
three blokes hanging off him, scores the try, I mean, and that was that, that that was the straw that broke the Sharks' back, basically. Speaking of combinations, you got Tupo and Jenko back together. You know that's that's going to be. I, I reckon Tonga. I'm not going to not not having any bias aside. I reckon they can be top three. Oh, if they click for sure. The talent in this team. I mean, there are some selections that have me scratch my head a little bit with like Manu over the couple of guys who mentioned, mentioned, especially for Satoa. And then on the bench, you know, Ben Murdoch Masilla over maybe um, Joe Ofagahi, who was quite good for the Broncos. But this is a team that you go through there and you're talking either NRL elite talent or NRL starting talent in a lot of positions. Yeah. You know, um, Tui Lola here is a, he's a decent half. He's got some sort of rocks or diamonds moments. Renata Hingano is a, a pretty good young utility for the Warriors. So if they can get some sort of consistency out of those two, consistency, sorry, they're going to go a long way. Because look look at that forward pack. Fafida, Takiyaho, Manu Ma'u, and Jason Tamalolo. Like, that's, that's, that's insane. Like, that's, basically, that just... that's basically elite in every, in every position in, the, in, in that forward pack. Yeah, and, and Sikamanu is a, you know, a competent player. But they've got the likes of, you know, Penny Trapo is a decent player. Sam Moore had a good year yeah. a few years back with the Roosters, and he's probably still got some petrol left in the tank. But if, you know, they get the right mix of other guys coming in through the competition of Joe Fungahi and maybe Fisatua fighting their way into that top 17, that's a heck of a squad. I mean, it, it, you'd certainly Four expect. Days. Sorry. Uh, who's coaching this team? Christian yeah, Wolf. Christian Wolf. Never heard of him. He's, uh, he was he was under Bennett for a while, I think, at the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Then um, he was coach of the Blackhawks uh, in, in for a couple of years, I think. And then, uh, yeah, he's he's sort of he's he's all was all Queensland based, basically, like the stuff he was doing. So we'll be interested to see how he can get this squad coming together, right? Because they got, I mean, everyone saw. Did everyone see that video of him going into? It was amazing. They got the the full parade and everything. It was yes. Awesome. So um, if they can handle the hype, I mean, and there's a lot of seasoned vets in here. You've got quite a few premiership winners across the team with young Hop- well, Hopewater. They won a premiership with Manly, Tupo Jennings, um, Fafita is a premiership winner. So if they can sort of just get a bubble on that hype and channel it positively, yeah. they can really go a long way in this um, tournament. Well, I mean, you'd, you'd expect Tonga to make it out of that out of their group. I mean, they got, yeah, they, 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 you know, They've got a better all-round side than Samoa do, even though they don't have some bad players themselves. And I guess Scotland is sort of it's mostly made up of. I think they're the odd team out. The English rejects yeah. type thing and and whatnot. So yeah, good old, good old Scotland. Scotland. No one, no one wants to know in England when there's nothing on, but as soon as there's a tournament on, England gets off the first year. Oh, exactly right. But uh, no, you, well, you'd expect that New Zealand and Tonga will shouldn't make it comfortably out of that group. Yeah, Let's man. pick these pools. Pool A, Australia, England, Lebanon, and France. Who's your tip out? I mean, well, I, mean I think Australia's a given. I mean, you, you just... just it's their slot. Yeah, Australia, Australia in the first slot, I think, the, the pool is. Well, it's, 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 it's the top two from each, isn't it, obviously? No, because of the short pools. B? Oh, the two other short pools, so pool A and B, it's three teams. That's yes. right. Okay. And then oh, the so top of... Pool C and D. Yeah. Oh well, then Le Bleus will miss out. The French. Yeah. For sure. It'll, it'll, it'll be it'll be the the dog fight between the French and and the Lebanese. And it? Lebanese. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I think come Australia, down to against Yeah. Exactly. So Australia. Yeah, in the first may well slot, do. Yeah. England. England in the second slot, and I think, I mean, 
if if Lebanon can get serviceable play from their forwards, and then it lets Farrow and um, Moses do their job in the the head to head match there, I think you can probably see Lebanon squeaking through. Yeah. Just look at the French squad. There's no yeah. New Zealand, Samoa, Scotland. I think we're all um, a bit maligned on Scotland. <laughs> Poor Scotland. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean. They're, credit to Scotland though, like I mean they've been they've been they've been to World Cup after World Cup in recent years, but yeah, the sad part is any good player for Scotland just makes makes the decision to go play for England. So it's going up for England. Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of they're in a rock and a hard place. But I mean, they they got some good players. Like the veteran Danny Danny Bro is there, and you know he's got Danny Addy in the halves, and they, they they do have some good players, but certainly certainly none to that level that is probably gonna propel them into the finals, basically. Yeah. Um, Well, you'd think, looking at the matchup, that the first seed will come down to New Zealand versus uh, Tonga, right? Yes, that's my tip. Yeah. I mean, Samoa is a little bit of a dark horse there if they can get a big upset against one of those two teams, but and that could lead to a three-way tiebreaker. Um, But you'd think New Zealand's Tonga for first and second seed and then Samoa to take out third seed, but you, you never know if the the sort of the Pacific Islander nations because they play each other so hard. I mean, remember the, was it this year or last year that series of Pacific tests that were just cracker games, and yes, they they come out and they fire up so much against each other. So it, I, I go, I'll go, I'll go New Zealand first seed, Tonga second seed, and Samoa third seed. New Zealand purely on the strength of their spine. I guess what we'll see. Then I guess it's what PNG, Wales, and Ireland. So you know, and that's that'll be an interesting pool actually because yeah, it's it's even, isn't it? I think it's 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 quite even across the board. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, what PNG have a few NRL players. What David Mead, captain and fullback. Nene on the wing, and then it's mostly made up of a lot of sort of PNG Hunters players. The, Bo- hunters, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the Boas brothers, and that that um, might be a strength. That might be a strength for them, really, when you think about it. Oh well, yeah, because yeah, I mean they played the whole season team, and they won exactly. obviously. So yeah, a lot of emotion, you know, winning the, yeah. the title. Groth Amin. <laughs> yeah, Star Groth Amin. Yeah. Yes, that's a that's an awesome name. Though. Better love his name. The the commentator is going to be all over that one. Oh, they're, they're they're probably lucky it's on Channel Seven. Could you imagine Ray Warren trying to say some of his names? No, <laughs> oh, Ray Warren is everywhere. They've also got the highlight reel in Luke Page, which I thought you know oh, the he human highlight reel. Yeah, oh, he I, kicked on I, the camera, but I'm, he's back I, in the Queensland Cup now. Yeah, he's playing for Burley, I think. I'm I'm, su- I'm surprised no team has stuck has even. Stuck with Luke Page. I mean, he showed yeah, at the okay, 20, he a... showed at the 2013 World Cup that he was he was a powerhouse. So he was he was probably PNG's best player that whole tournament. Mm. And you know, sort of. He, then he, he went to Canberra off the back of that. He was there for about two years. Basically, he was playing for Mounties the whole time. In what was you yeah, know, the Raiders couldn't, couldn't get a look in. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders didn't have a great forward pack at that time. He still couldn't get in and went back to Burley. And you know, I think. Like we've seen in the past, I, 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 if he has another good tournament, I wouldn't be surprised if 
if a team picks him up, to be honest, because he's he's a good like he, he's he's in that mold of prop. He just runs hard all day. Well, he's a, he's a sort of player, I suppose, with the new system that's coming in. Your top thirty and six development players that could end up nabbing one of those maybe six development slots because yeah. the um the the age bracket will be a lot more generous than people believe at the moment. I don't think it's going to be a exclusively junior no, sort of exactly. situation. So it'll be those you know fringe guys that have haven't quite cracked the NRL might get a you know sort of a chance, lifeline. Yeah. For lifeline sure, there. For sure. But, uh, um, no, that group what top two. Top one, uh, when it takes all. Right, so, top one. Well, then I, I say P. I'd go probably probably go PNG to Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd, it'd be a fantastic story as well. I think seeing the hunt, like the the Kumals get out and get into the the sudden death football. Yeah, um, it'd be a nice shot in the arm for the for rugby league. In that, I mean, not like it needs it. They're just so rugby league crazy there. But it would be. Oh a, yeah, it would be great for PNG. Yeah. Now, in, actually, in, in, in interesting name for PNG, I find he's on. I think he's in number eighteen on the reserves. Is Adrian Adrian Land's kid, Lachlan Land? Yep, Lachlan Land. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know the raps on Adrian's. Adrian's coaching, isn't he? Uh, I think I, I think he's as a an assist, He's like a like coaching advisor type thing. Because uh, what is the coach at first? I think it, I think it's still Michael Maram. I think is the coach. Uh, I think. But uh, no, Adrian Lane is on there in like just a you know kind of a coaching advisor capacity. But yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if if PNG puts some faith in him, like Italy are with Jack Johns. So there's sort of those really young, yeah, those really young young halves that you know straight basically straight out of straight out of out of SG ball basically. So, but um. Yeah, I mean they've got a they've got a few NRL players. We mentioned before NRL players in there. So if you can get big games out of James Sekiara, um, oh, of course. Nana McDonald's Nana McDonald is a bit boom or bust, but he can you know have a good game on his day. Oh but, yeah, um, and you get those sort of players in there, and um, they'll they'll give that poor real shake, and hopefully they can come out on, on top of it. Mm. No, it's actually it's, some of made an interesting point. PNG's got four hookers in their side, so they're starting. They've got. Uh, yeah, Paul Layton, James Paul playing at lock, which um, I, I I think he's put a bit of weight on since he left the NRL like four or yeah. five years ago. Kurt but um, yeah, Kurt Baptiste and obviously Seggy. So it looks like they're obviously anticipating that their back rowers are going to churn out the big minutes. I mean, Seggy's got some experience in halves as well, so I wouldn't be surprised. That's, that's yeah, that's true. That's to true. see him sort of. Play, play from that position because Baptiste has been quite a competent player for um, Canberra. Canberra, oh, he has. Um, obviously, he's, he's behind. He's behind a real gun of um, of a player well, in, um, in yeah, Hodgson. Yeah, but, uh, no, he's good, good forward for Hodgson with the Raiders. But yeah, PNG is I reckon gets the nod in, in Group C if it's just the one team that goes through. So, yeah. and then that takes us to Paul D, right, Hamish? I think we lost Hamish by the looks of it. Oh, Hamish, you gone, buddy? All right. Well, we'll keep going. Well, you want to... Yeah. Is, is it... Wait, hang on. Let me see if this thing's still yeah. recording, is it? Okay, Hamish is talking. One sec. We've got computer crap that he'll be back in five. All right. Okay, now, hold, we'll just keep going. We'll hold, uh, we'll hold the four. We'll, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll go through Paul D, I suppose. We don't need well, yeah. Hamish well, to hold our hands for that one. We're BG, right. the US and Italy, one team, <laughs> or... It's obviously mm. between Fiji and Italy. It's just a question of... Yeah, so Fiji, USA, and Italy make up the final pool cup in 2017. 
And like, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to knock the Tomahawks out of the equation right away, but it does feel like a two horse race between Fiji and. Italy. Oh, it does. I mean, you know, I mean, the US do have some, you know, that they've got a good, they've got some some decent players that you know have sort of been around for a while and in a few systems like kept the at prop Mark Offerdale. He's sort of he's played a fair bit of Super League and and Championship as well, so he's sort of like, you know. They're certainly not. See, this is where I reckon. I honestly reckon. Levin, oh, sorry, Italy will top the group. And I mean, that that is a very reasonable reasonable assertion. Yeah. I mean, between between just having Teddy, I think he he's the a game breaker. That's so, the thing, isn't it? Yeah. And then you got a couple of solid forwards with the Paraboys in there, and and Alvaro and Brown, obviously. Uh, it's, I think that might be enough if Fiji yeah. can get their backline into gear, maybe. And you get, yeah. you're looking for a big game out of Jared Hayne, I think. Yeah. That, that's well, what it's come down to for Fiji. Yeah. Oh, you'd say on paper Italy get the nod, but yeah, Fiji, I mean, as we, as we were saying, I mean, they, they certainly don't have a bad team by any means. Like, you know, Kevin Nagama, they've got Vunivalo on the wing as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of, plenty of strike in so, the Fiji team. So it's just a question of whether it, – look, it, it, it probably – as much as I may not want to admit it, it probably does all hinge on Hayne. Just how, yeah, you can basically steer steer that ship, kind of thing. So, I mean, both both Hayne and Teddy have shown in recent years, obviously more so Teddy recently, but Hayne with his stint at Parramatta have shown that they can win in the NRL with you know a pretty weak supporting cast and a a game plan of throw it to our fullback. And obviously, Jared Jared isn't playing fullback, or he's not named at fullback, but um, it'll be on those two star players, I think, in the head to head matchup. Looking at the Fiji squad, who he fought number seventeen, Petro Sivanasiva. When I saw Petro, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was actually going to make a comment about that talking about the Fiji team. But, um, yeah, it turns out that Petro Benjamin Nakabuai, which I'm probably mis- mispronouncing. I, I, did, I didn't know his first name. No, that, actually, that I think you pronounced the right forty. <laughs> yeah, but because um, you know Petro came out of, I mean, out of first grade retirement to play for Fiji a year yeah. or two back. But yeah. um, obviously, he's not a young man these days. As good a player as he was, and no, he's so, definitely not. He'll probably be around the scenes, though. I imagine. Um, oh yeah, he, you know, he's... in the auxiliary staff or whatnot. Yeah. And only uh, once, one Saifiti brother made it. So was that yeah, well, one injury well, in the case yeah, of Daniel? Made it, yeah, J- uh, is it Jacob Saifiti. I think he had a shoulder surgery. I think I'm not sure if he had a rotator cuff or. Yeah. There's some sort of injury there, so I mean they both would have made it for sure. I mean, yeah, exactly. They're, they're fantastic. They, 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 they both had tremendous. In, in, you know, the Knights got the spoon, but you know, it's but certainly wasn't from a lack of trying from the Saifiti no. twins. And it was a little bit of good news for the Knights, obviously, with those both of them. I think I saw a. a yeah, they both resigned. They both resigned. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're great. There's some great corner pieces to build your pack around. Yeah, you know, big, big, young, aggressive forwards, and you know every team's looking for those kind of um prospects. So hopefully they can um really build around them and turn that club around. Oh, they should. They're, they're a very, very young squad. Yeah, that, that's the that's the big knock on them for next year, I think. So if they can just get over that that hump, which every rebuilding team has to, and that's why I mean they haven't been linked to him lately, but someone like Maloney would be fantastic. If they can just get I, someone like that to. Take that young spine of Brock Lamb and Kalen Ponger and uh, I, uh, uh, the kid from the Roosters. 
I think feasibly a good a good season for the Knights. If they finish anywhere from tenth to twelfth, that's that's probably a good yeah. season based on all their kids. Exactly. And, I mean, it, it's it sounds mean to say that, but as a Parramatta Parramatta fans, we know that the jump no, isn't sudden. Yeah, it, exactly. That exactly. I, I mean, think Nathan Brown's got him ahead of schedule, actually, from from the absolute dumpster fire that they were in. Oh, yeah. he, was copying, well, he was copying a lot from the, the press and whatnot and then the club. Yeah, well, that, yeah, no, well, I think what, when you consider that from in, what, in the 18 months he's been there, I, mean, his, I think there's been about 20 players that have left the club. Yeah, in the, the magnitude of the rebuild was second only to what Barrett up, Brad offers on Parramatta. It was huge. And like, it, I mean, it was, it was never an overnight job. It was never a, a one-year job. It was a three- or four-year effort, and he's got him on track. He's got him on schedule. His exactly. recruitment's been really on point, considering that, that how hard it is to bring any sort of star power to the club. And, you know, it might end up that he pays overs for Kalen Ponga if, you know, the young superstar doesn't perform to his potential. But it was a punt that they had to take, and it's got yeah. I think it's got him sitting well with him, Connor Watson, and obviously Brock Lamb who's already at the club. You've got a, a young, young but talented spine, and Danny Levi's a solid hooker as well. Yeah, oh, they're going to have a good team. I mean, yeah, what Ponga at fullback, and even, 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 the, even some of the veterans like you know SKD in the centre still. Obviously, Sione's coming to his own as a back rower as well. Yeah. Aiden Aguero is probably you'd imagine either and starts at lock off the bench, and it's brought a little bit of um experience to the pack with uh, goodness. Well, Chris Hyington's gone there for a season. Chris, Chris Hyington and the Warrior and ex-Queensland player. Uh, oh, my goodness. Lilliman. Oh, Lilliman. Lilliman, Jack Lilliman, Lilliman yeah. yeah I mean, and also Adam Guerra as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and Adam Guerra is there. Who, uh, a quiet last two seasons. But he's got, but that, you know, he's got the potential to be a solid pickup. There's some good pieces there. Like, it's sort of, you know, it's enough youth and experience across the board that, you know, if, if I mean, if the Knights won the spoon again, I, I'd be very surprised with, with that agree. team that they've got. I mean, that's, as I said, 10th to 12th is, if I was a Knights fan, I'd be happy with that. Like, that's kind of shows decent progression going from, from the and, spoon. And as so, a neutral, you know, it's been really fun watching them sort of rebuild and grow yeah, until they exactly get right. we can go back to hating them because we don't <laughs> like teams that are good. So well, that takes us to the end of Paul D and with the Knights rebuild on a nice little tangent. Is Hamish, Hamish there, buddy? I'm back. So, yeah. quick season review. Highlights, lowlights. I think everybody's low light was our second half performance against North Queensland in that last game. Highlights. Oh, I mean, low light. I mean, the King going down against the Tigers. That I mean, that was just brutal. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, that, that was probably season defining moment. Emotionally, that hit a lot of fans really hard. I think because Gufferson, you know, had was on top of a huge break for a year. He was the only guy really checking Cameron Smith for Dally M at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he was just everywhere. He'd, he'd pop up if there was a break, he'd be there. If it was um, in goals, he'd be doing something stupid like kicking the ball to Kirisomi Yavar after dropping it. And somehow <laughs> that was getting, scary. Getting out. <laughs> I mean, that, that was something else. But, yeah, the the I don't want to say capitulation because it wasn't, it wasn't to that magnitude, but it showed – it showed that we were a squad that had three players with genuine like genuine finals experience in Michael Jennings, uh, who were the other ones off the top of my head. I can't remember my head. But we, we, we look – oh, Bo Scott, obviously, and, and there was someone else. And Frank, Frank Richard, NFR. We looked like a team that hadn't played in the finals. And that yeah. was even, even in week one against Melbourne, that game, as much as it sort of rubs us the wrong way that they scored off what 
well, the margin of victory was less than that forward pass try to Josh Adokar, it that game was there to be won regardless. And well, I, I, did, I think that's I think that strong game cost us in the end. Was basically yeah, absolutely. that, that, that yeah, start to the second that, that start to the second half killed us. You go, you go to the weak, like, you go to the weak side of the, the um the finals draw where you play Brisbane for the third time and in a home final with ANZ, and then you go on to the grand final and you play. Well, obviously, when you're playing sliding doors here, do the Cowboys make the finals again because they've got to go through the storm? I don't know. Um, but you, you you book yourself a ticket to the grand final and you know it's all, it's all different. But it, it was a huge learning experience for the. And I know that they'll be disappointed they didn't get through, you know, the second week of the finals because that game was there to be won against the Cowboys. Yeah. But I think if we reflect back, um, we started off the season with a spine of Kayser Pritchard, Bevan French, Gutherson in the halves, and Norman, of course, at at halfback. And in that game, we were playing Will Smith at fullback, Cameron King at hooker, Moses at seven, and and Norman, of course, back in the six. But, you know, what what team starts with uh, a spine like that, changes it throughout the season and still ends up in the top four? At at one point, I was tracking this, and I, I just lost the Excel file I was putting in. But in our first seven weeks before we got Mitch Moses, I think we the same harm spine combination maybe in two weeks. We Between injuries to Norman, injuries to Bevan French when he did his PCL, uh, you had uh, Kayser in and out of the team with his knocks. We we fielded a different spine pretty much every week across nearly the first two months of the competition. And I then think Brad Arthur deserves... BA deserves the credit for that, I mean... Oh, yeah. We, he, like, he's you know, a we, coach that obviously gives the boys a game plan and they can definitely. work around it. You know, he he finds... Sorry, yeah, I mean... No, no matter who's, no matter who he picks, he knows. He just tells them. It's like that Garth Brennan sort of thing. Like you know, they yeah. they're your best friend, but they're also your. They can also be your worst enemy, kind of. Yeah, you you, know? you, can, you hear you hear all the players talk about, it, don't you? That Brad Arthur is not afraid to tell them to no. when no, well, they fucked up or no, or, or. Well, players need that. You need rugby league yeah. is about tough love. You can't you can't just think it's all you know happy think, happy go lucky yeah. and. I think and, there's 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 even. Two styles of great coaches in that sense. You've got the sort of not soulless emotionalist, but you've got the scheming and relentless guys like Bill Belichick who will always, you know, be ahead of the curve because they everything's about the team in a sort of really isolationist. Concept. I think you could put Bennett in that sort of frame. Yes, as well. exactly. I think Bennett yeah. comes along like that. And then you've got the other guys who are not a, not necessarily a players coach, but they they get into the, the playing group. They really sort of get the boys to rally around. And you know, get the best out on that way. And they're both really interesting and different schools of coaching that have you know high degree of success. But they're the two styles of great coaches, I think. And hopefully, Brad can prove to be you know a real exemplar of the latter. Well, I think if you um you know I I'd put our season on a tangent to Raiders in 2016. It's about following it up because um, obviously yeah. we saw what happened to the Raiders in 2017. They were a shadow of their former selves. They didn't um, progress. They didn't uh, change their game plan. You had Ricky Stewart complaining about you know players getting held down in the ruck. Well, when you play a power forward game, that's that's how you. That's you exactly how teams going to kill exactly. Um, hopefully, BA can push on next season and, and progress our game. And he's got all the weapons there to do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Semi's going to be a huge loss. You can't replace a player like Semi. I mean, there's guys in the NRL that are fantastic wingers. Vunavalu out of car from the Storm. Uh, obviously, Rapana and young Nick Kotrick um, from the Raiders. But Semi was just on another level in some of the stuff he did. 
I mean, just those two tries against Brisbane in the second fixture up in Suncorp, you know, he just he just runs 90 metres through the team. I mean, there wasn't anything happening. He just gets the ball on his goal line and runs 90 metres through the team, brushes off, you know, three or four defenders and scores. It's just insane. So that'll be the, the biggest hole on the squad. But once again, if you get the forward pack right, I think the back line sorts itself out with our halves. And you're not going to get the big sort of explosive plays out of your wings like you got from semi. But you're going to have... Uh, I assume Bevan will be playing wing with Gufferson a fullback, that if he's fit. Otherwise, Bevan will be wing and then Gufferson comes back from his ACL whenever. But you're going to get solid play out of your back line. And it, like Hamish was saying, it's about consolidation and just, you know, a bit of improvement. Yeah, I, I think with a couple of tweaks, maybe maybe getting a winger with a winger with a bit of size, probably another prop to run at that rotation. And, yeah, I, I mean, a, a, a prop is the big one for me. Yeah, if you oh, get yeah. that explosive difference maker, we've got a lot of really hard toilers that can produce some good plays, but they're, they're like the effort guys. Yeah. You get the, I mean, that, that's the problem is that where do you go get one? The well, that's, NRL that's, team wants one, and there's nothing on, off contract, which no, doesn't mean you, much in the NRL. Sorry, Ricky, you go. No, I was going to say, well, not at all. I mean, you know, I think, I kind of think you got four. You, you, I mean, most teams usually run with four props. You you tend you tend to want. I guess nowadays it's probably not so much about you know the meterage, but you'd presume you, you'd presume that at this stage. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's hard, isn't it? You're kind of fitting fitting about six props into four spots. Yeah. So, so it's yeah, a question exactly. of who misses out and. And what, um, what seven, if we, what, if, six, seven you know, calls, there's so. there's a lot to be played out in the player market, I think, right. with the whole Cooper Cronk situation, and um, the, you know, there might be a few dominoes that fall that way. We saw yeah. when we ended up with Michael Jennings a few years back. You know, the that was in December we ended up signing Michael Jennings. So yeah. the player market can be quite active quite late, and with the World Cup at the moment, I think there's some you know sort of stuff on the back burner just across all sixteen teams. I will but, be interested uh, to see how. The well, how the Albert brothers go for PNG. They were both at Penrith for a while, but didn't get too many chances. I think mm. if they, they they have the, they've got a bit of that explosiveness in them. So I think if I'm mind you, same with Luke Page as well. You know, sort of if they can prove themselves against based, I mean, against pretty much NRL level competition at the World Cup, then you know they'll they'll they they could probably fill that sort of prop gap, and you could easily get them on. Well, there's no second tier deal anymore, but you know, but, you could, you, yeah, exactly. you could on like on like fifty, sixty k, which is about the minimum, and you know, that's that's you know, have them have them as one of the development players or or something, and and then that just basically sets you up just to have have all the all the all the forge and 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 then I think it'd be done after that. Seeing as there is very little genuine aggressive prop, to, you know. Sort of personal, yeah. Market, you're, so. you're obviously you're, you're combing the market if something that's that's all. If I mean, it all seems to have gone away at the moment, but if the salary cap uh sort of issues that were talked about with a, a small of an expected uh 27 2018 salary cap you know return for some teams, there could be something there, but that seems to have all gone away. It's so, not to be forgotten, it's a it's a thirty man squad next year, plus yeah. six development players who can't play first grade. So you you know no, you they can. Oh sorry, the six players can. The six they, players can. It's only anyone anyone that is not in that thirty six can't play first grade at all. 
Oh, sorry, yeah, the six I'm, players can, but is, isn't it one of those like cap relief deals where I think, they can only play if there's an injury? I yeah, believe, so, so, yeah. so the, the silly thing is, so say, for example, Dylan Brown is one of those development players. If Moses, so, so, say if Moses or Norman got injured, he couldn't come in because the rule would be you got Will Smith, you got Tacker Rangi, yeah. and you got Edwards that can play in the halves. Whereas Hooker yeah, will be the interesting. A long bow. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, but that, no, that's but, the problem with utility players that they can. The, back. Rule, the, the rule yeah. now is basically if you've played there in first grade before, you have to play there before you can pick a developmental player. So it's a bit. It, it, it's a really unusual concept that, like, I mean, could you imagine us at Hooker, presuming that it's only King, King and Kaiser, if they're both injured, Nathan Brown or Kenny Edwards have to play Hooker. Because they played hooker at NRL level before. Yeah, you'd have to argue a case before the NRL. Yeah, but you know that's so. It's 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 a very interesting concept that is going to probably upset. I'm a, a little bit fan of extending the um the depth of the top squad, but oh yeah, yes, the, fact, exactly. the fact that you have to exhaust well, as, as it's rumored, you have to exhaust the entirety of the top thirty before being able to get dispensation to work outside the roster. It's probably going to lead to some issues. Because you know how it is with the NRL and rugby league. It's such a, a brutal and demanding sport on the players that... Oh, exactly right. I in, mean, a, in a given year, you can just have an injury. Look last of hookers. You know, we, we yeah. lost first, second string hookers and Cameron yeah. King was a, a guy that sort of week to week, you, as well as he was playing, you sort of got your heart in your mouth about him going down. And um, Well, he went down in that Melbourne Storm game. Yeah, exactly, with the, the nerve stinger on his arm. And now, um, I, The thing with hookers... I, I, I will say this, but if some Eels fans probably won't agree, but I think with all this Rooster stuff going on, if Jake Friend is the one that they release, I think seeing as the Roosters will pay freight for 2018, I think he's, he, he'd, be, he'd be a perfect guy to go to to play hooker. He's hardly, you know, I mean, no distress, no, no, not, not, not trying to kick King or Kaiser when they're down. They're both, you know, they, they work hard, they toil hard, they're, but, you know, like collectively, collectively, they've got what fifty games between them. Friend is twenty-seven. I think he's played two hundred games. The Premiership winner. Games. Pre- exactly, Premiership winner. He's you know, he's yeah. smaller. Friend, small, friend but, but, because I think, I think he's a he's a really solid. But um, I mean, I I wouldn't quite put him in the top echelon of NRL hookers, which we have obviously Nor, Cam Smith, yeah, and then oh, no, Josh Hodgson. Nor would then, I, but I think. I think if we got him outside of the Storm and maybe the Cowboys, you, you, we'd probably have in the top three spines in the competition. Yeah, just that, be, that, that's just because, because like as a friend himself, like you know, he offers a little bit of sort of a bit of niftiness as well. Like he, especially what, not not last year, year before, so it's what twenty sixteen. You know, he sort of like Cam Smith. He just gets those little kicks out of dummy half and sort oh, of yeah, he's, he's get, a really gets, neat, you know, it's, player, it's, it's, yeah, well, and, and you know. That would be, that'd be the icing. That that would be a genuine game changer, I think, for us. It, it would be interesting if we do pick him up because he get he can play the whole eighty minutes. He doesn't need exactly. a break. So yeah, it opens up. It opens up the bench. Right? So that's right. So you yeah. could take a, a, a true utility in a in a full back one if you want to go with four forwards. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out because I think ideally you, you manage to get that prop, but that prop might not. Well, be that's the there. thing. Yeah. Well, so I, that's, to... I, think, yeah. I think if it came down to it, honestly, I think presume, presuming you get friend, then I'd, I, I'd target a World Cup prop, like a guy you can get 
you know, 50, 60K that shows they've sort of got that, that punch and that aggression and, you know, chuck them into, into your top 30 or your development squad or, you know, whatever you want. And again, maybe I'm alone, but maybe, maybe a, a winger with some size, like, you know, people, people don't like him, but that's just because people probably hardly ever watch him. Like if, if Curtis Rona leaves rugby union, I think he'd be a good fit because he's tall, oh, yeah, for, he's for, lanky. For the, for the right, you know, for the right dollars, he's absolutely, yeah. would be a solid pickup. I mean, I think it goes back to, was it 2014 when him and Semi having that, the tri- leading try scorer yeah. shootout? Yeah. Oh, but, that, um, that was on. I, he's way, just yeah. a, yeah, he's a really solid winger. He can play a bit of center too. Yeah. Um, I would, it comes down to the value for money because in rugby you might get better value even with all the, the issues they've got paying their players and clubs at the moment. But you yeah. get him for the right deal, I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah well, let's all got to play it. Well, well that's, that's exactly right, eh? I mean, you know, we've got a run of the centre in the chat here. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, we just have to wait for it all to play out. Um, obviously, we've got some, some money left to, to play around now with uh, Semi moving on and the only really bo- real buy that we've made for the uh, uh, in the off-season se- off is Kane Evans. So, yeah. Um, gee, there's gee, plenty of seeing, time. It hurts seeing Semi score that try. Like just from uh, mid midfield, just tearing up on a, oh, a, a soft too long try. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like at that moment you knew that okay, we're probably not getting him back because Toulon is going to throw the kitchen sink at him. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he's going to see out his deal. He'll probably get extended and get a, a better deal. Yeah. Well, he's got the second year in his favour, and they'll That's probably right. upgrade him. So, um, unfortunately. Uh, I think Sammy's gone for the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember being there at his debut when he had the bloody gollywog hairstyle. Yeah, um, the, 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 the like wild dread sort of stuff. Yeah, dread. Yeah, the only thing I've got hoping for us is that maybe he goes the Sonny Bill Williams style. Uh, you know, he gets a, a year on, year off, and just goes between the two seasons with a little bit of overlap. That That's all I've got. I mean, that's all I can hope for. He sort of the, double dips. The way um, I look at it, when Jared Hayne went to... You know, NFL, I hate saying his name. Like, I wanted him to be successful because I'd rather him be successful and finish his career there than him to be poor and come back and all the speculation. With Semi, like, I'll break my heart if he goes to another club, like, especially the Broncos, oh, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Semi at another NRL club would be so wrong. Like, just yeah. so wrong. Well, that was the same with Hayne, wasn't it? I mean, that's true. I, I, I um, honestly think where Hayne went wrong is just. Just the spin he tried to put in the media, just you know, oh, no, Parry never made a deal, and Parry yeah, never did that, this. That and, you know, I mean, do this and blah blah blah, and you know that, that, that was amazing when I sat there. I mean, because everyone was blindsided by the whole deal with the Titans. Yeah, that, exactly that, right. That where he spoke like a jilted ex-lover. It was just nine percent about Parramatta. Crazy ex. And see, and I think, I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong. Like what from, oh. No, wait, he made his debut in o- late 06 or 07. I don't mind okay. He made and his was, debut under Taylor in... Uh, that's right, what, when uh, he took over from um, Brian 06, Smith. 06, that's right, 06. late 06. You know, made, made his debut and, you know, he was like... He literally could have been like that guy that you just based the team around. Obviously, we didn't had crap administration. But, you know, sort of... <laughs> Sort of, he, he left it in We're NFL working our and, way out of it, boys. Working our way out. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly right. Yeah. It's been a long but, way coming. We're, we've, we've gotten our way back yeah. near the top. But, you know, you could have built that side around him. He went to go play NFL. I was like, you know, good on you because he always hit, 
you know, he always loved NFL from when he was little, like had Instagram photos of him in, you know, NFL yeah. jerseys. And, yeah, and he, and he'd always go to America with Tim yeah, and, and watch the Dallas yeah, Cowboys and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, he came back and said all that stuff, and I was like, well, sorry, that's you – know, you lost all my respect after that. Like, I wanted his to... merchandise, for God's sake. Like, I wanted him to feed an NFL. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got, I, I've I got remember, sitting right here, and then a football piece. Round, round one, 2015, there was about, like, five or six – um, 49er Hain jerseys at Parramatta Stadium. Yeah. You could just you yeah. could spot the red in the stadium. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to say it's a lot of water gone on the bridge now, but I think a lot of fans have moved on from Jared given how the team has played and how the team responded yes. in 2017. Oh, yes, definitely. And I mean, I don't wish him any ill will. I mean, he had a hell, like, what a shit 2017 he had between, you know, whether it was manufactured by himself or, or Neil Henry or other factors. You know, the media went after him with a vengeance. Like, yeah. he, he, he went to war with the media, and that's one thing you're never going to win. And, you know, he struggled on the field. Um, but, you know, he, he he's primed for a big 2018, I think. If you're ever going to see a fight up Jared Hayne for the remainder of his career, it'll be a guy with a chip on his shoulder looking to prove everyone wrong after what happened this year. And, you know, whether it's at the Titans or wherever he may end up with the new coaching staff and administration, I don't know. I hope he does pretty well. Oh look, so do, well, look. I mean, I want to see him do well, but sort of not yeah. too well. Not against, but not Parramatta. too well. <laughs> well, will he ever play against Parramatta? That's the big question. Well, that, that's right. The, between the awkward nines and the, the two regular season games against the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Titans. What the hell am I saying? He did a pretty good job of um missing um missing the games. I mean, the first time in the NRL season he had syndesmosis. So yeah, was it was good. a legitimate injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, the, the nines was like. Did he cite cramps or, or a tight hamstring or something? I think yeah. it was tight hammies. And then, which obviously with Jared's history of hamstrings is probably fair, but pretty funny. But the the last one was hilarious. He, um, <laughs> well, he was out with um, Norman on Friday night. From yeah, Memphis, exactly. Having, having a dinner then, at... Um, and then uh, didn't bother Norman's. going to the game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, YKTR made an appearance there. You know the rules, says Ron. Yeah. Rocking the um, memorabilia from the boys. All right, boys, we'll wrap it up. Now, just a word on what this pod's going to be. So uh, we're going to be starting off in the preseason next year. Um, Bert, Bertie's our, uh, sorry, Forty's our big man with the um, uh, the, the big knowledge on the uh, reserve grade squad, squad at Wentworthville and plus the new under-20 system. Yeah, the um, fun see how that plays out. Now, um, Ricky and Forty, do you want to run us through what this new under-20 system is going to be all about? So we've obviously gone from a national competition to a state-based one. Um, yes, it's uh, all been pretty uh, loose with uh, keeping yeah, the public official. Informed. Official so, details are terrible. but I'll... Now, what, what I think it's about, basically, is so New South Wales Rugby League and the QRL are each going to run their own 20s competition. Not that they want to, but they have to now. <laughs> um, so they're both going to run their own competitions. In terms of the QRL, I think have most of theirs set already. So like the Western Mustangs are going to have a 20s team in there. Um, I think most of theirs are set. Most of their current Q Cup teams, I think outside of PNG, are going to have a 20s team in their comp. But the New South Wales Rugby League one is not so not so cut and dry. Apparently, some teams do not want to field an under-20s team in that comp. So we just got to wait and see what they and or the NRL say about it because 
at the moment there's apart from the fact that it's a, a New South Wales rugby league run state state championship under twenties, there's really not too much known not not too much else known about it than that. You'd think that they would end up having to force these teams to field a twenties state based team because otherwise they're you know got on the books an 18s well, team and then, and then their reserve grade team. And well, the talk a- the talk is that this the, again this is all just rumours. The, the NRL teams that don't want to field a 20s team, it'll be their official 20s team will be one of their feeder club. So what you were telling me, Ricky, we, we might have a Wentworthville under 20s team. Yes. Oh, so just, so just like, for example, the Roosters are also one of the clubs I'm not the big fan of it. So you might see a Wyong, a Wyong Roos under 20s. To the so best that, of my, the best of my knowledge will be a Parramatta under 20s team, but that could yeah. change. Yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I wouldn't expect be anything less. They'll be, they'll be wearing the blue and gold. They, they yeah. don't want to alienate but, uh, the, the young kids between because it's a yeah. big enough jump from the um, the new 20s to the NRL. You, you're, you're part of the Eels. But yeah. uh, the other stuff that, that comes out of this, to my knowledge, is that it's going to run not parallel to the NRL, but the way it'll work is that the final, like they will end up having a national championship a la the ISP and ISC yeah. uh, on grand final day. But it'll be a shortened season game-wise with more breaks or buys to fall in line with um, significant junior rep uh, schedules. So like the Australian School Boys Carnival, there'll be like a two or three week break, I think, during that period. That, and that, I that'll, know. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're working around significant like junior uh, stuff. And yeah. that way, that'll allow them to play a shorter season game-wise in the regular way, but then play through the finals and into the, the national championship through no, we'll make, um, grand final day. Makes sense. I mean, you saw Basically, what pretty much every, every Sydney team basically was missing like five or six, five or six players. What, yeah, exactly. Twice a, I year, mean, twice a season New, or something. The, the New South Wales and Queensland 18s origin schoolboys uh, qualifiers, the the Australian schoolboys carnival, tested our um our depth hugely uh, yeah. during the season because we we're already missing a lot of frontline players to injury and season-ending injuries, and then even the um the MIC Grand Final itself. We could have been missing Dylan Brown and Oregon Kafusi uh, wow. if they if they had fulfilled their um, Australian schoolboy duties. But they um, obviously opted to play for the team rather than the uh, the schoolboy uh, getting against yeah. New Zealand, yeah. which was a, I mean that was a, a huge sacrifice for on a representative basis. But they um, they played pretty well. Obviously, we didn't win, but Oregon and Dylan had some big games. Um, the other bits and pieces about the twenties that I know of. Um, I don't think there's there's too much to go there. And like Ricky was suggesting, it makes a lot more sense in New South Wales because there is clubs to marry to every um, New South Wales team to form a competition. But in Queensland, you've only got three Queensland-based clubs. In yeah, the so, yeah. yeah, so they're going to have like like Western Mustangs. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're they're gonna have, Mustangs in. Yeah, South, South Logan, I think, are going to have one. Burley, like all, m- m- most of their Q Cup teams are going to have one. Yeah, so I think we'll double down. Yeah, so I think they're going to have – they'll probably – They'll probably, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll probably have in the end just pre- pretty much the same in total. Like that's why they added the Mustangs to have. I think they want like twelve or thirteen teams or something. Uh, one um, across one, the inter- one interesting thing that I saw come up today when I was browsing um R slash you know, was the new global streaming deal that's coming up. Um, yes, they made, they made reference to streaming um, both reserve grade and twenties games. I'd so love to the, see how that goes because you know. Yeah, I really hope they can do a good job I mean, of it because yeah, like, well that's that's what I mean. Look, if they can do it, like that's that'd be fantastic. Like you know, 
I mean, we've talked we've talked about it before, just in chat. Fox, Fox Sports have wanted yeah. to show all of that stuff for five, six years, but the NRL will never let them. So the, the real know, the real issue, obviously, here is that this will be it's meant to be broadcast the international. Way. It's going to be IP restricted for Australia. Yeah, and, so we've got to get those there's, people there's that's right. There's obviously workarounds around that, which then it's not intended for the Australian content. But no. hopefully they find a way of getting, even if it's just highlights, but um, some digital content for the new 20s competition. Because I know oh, New South Wales do, they do, they do, they do, do um, ISP highlights, but it's yeah. pretty sure it's pretty ordinary. Quality. And, and they're like state, like uh, games like the under 16s, under 18s, state of origin. They, they're pretty crap streams, to be honest. Like, yeah, well, uh, hopefully it improves. You know, they put funding into this. Yeah, the, the they were very much like real. I, I want to say amateur, because bourbon fixtures. Yeah, you, you've oh, seen yeah, you've, yeah, they're, they're, anyone that watched my um live streams going back a couple of years. That's an amateur live stream, but they were real minimal on the um. Oh, it's the, just the camera angles. You were like watching yeah, you got bleachers, one, basically one, one camera angle from the bleachers. You got minimal um overlay stuff. You know, it's like you, trying to watch the Patriots the other day in that thick, thick that box. Was, that was oh, something. Hashtag that's right. We're we going full spider cam for this game, boys. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. that was, <laughs> I, I, want, I don't want to go back too far, but with the teams for the New South Wales, do you think there could be, like in the Harold Matz SG Ball, they have Western Sydney Academy. Do you think they'll have certain, say, areas combining or merging to have one team? Like, do you reckon that to fill out the spots? In the competition, I think they'll just run an abbreviated competition in New South Wales compared to what is currently there on the national level. Um, Western Sydney Academy and the Southwestern uh, Sydney Academy were sort of joint ventures between the uh, Penrith and Parramatta in the Western Sydney case, and I think it might have been West Tigers and someone else for the um, SWAS. But that was more of a numbers feeling thing when you played uh, in the ball and, um, and mats. Uh, with with the new competition, I, I mean, I'm not sure where New Zealand and Melbourne fit into this. If they play in a in the New South Wales based competition, because that would well, help. I think, for that. I, I think, I think so really like Queensland. Yeah, well, that I makes a lot of sense with their Sunshine Coast yeah. base. Yeah. yeah, Melbourne. I think Melbourne were going to put some of their their kids into the Sunshine Coast and East Tigers twenty system because that's both that they're they're their two feeder clubs. I think I read that. But, so that, that um, leaves that leaves um New Zealand, which I'm not sure, but. I think that you'll find that it might end up being run like the uh, ISP, which is a 12-team competition, and yeah, it's still, it still, still a top eight, which means that only four teams miss out, and Wenty missed out this year. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to be pretty pretty ordinary to miss out in that one, and Wenty unfortunately threw a lot of games this year. Um, <laughs> but it'll be very interesting to follow how this goes because uh, I don't think it's up, it's set in stone whether it's going to be played as a – uh, a partner game to ISP games, wherever it can still be played as yeah, a real curtain raiser. Um, yeah, might... there's not there's, there's really not too much info about it yet. Yeah, it's pretty, that, pretty much just it's pretty much just it's run by New South, New South Wales yeah. Rugby League, and that's it. That's that, that's that about might the, end and... up being a, a, a club to club call where they want to spend the resources and time playing yeah. it in a real curtain raiser. And I mean, I could see quite a few clubs going the way of you know saying, nah, just put it down to whatever you know. Uh, puck that the boys are playing at for ISP. Yeah, but um, hopefully a couple of the the bigger clubs can still you know keep that tradition going of a twenties curtain raiser because I quite enjoy it. All right, two last things to get to. One stadium on track mid twenty nineteen. So Looking when good. can we expect the stadium to be open? Possibly twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, I'd say if 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 mid twenty nineteen is a projection, yeah, we probably won't play out of it until twenty twenty. Makes sense. I mean. 
you kind of you don't want to chop and change between A and Z. No, and if, if you're going to be honest, you're around like breaking into the stadium. You don't want to be like Rick was saying, chop and change mid season. You know, you, you play eight games out of A and Z, and then you go have your first game at the Western City Stadium, wherever it's yeah. going to be called. Because the be- best thing you could do is you can't. If you campaign the NRL for that 2020 season, that round one game you could get, like literally make it against, you know, Penrith or the Dogs or something like, oh yeah, you know, you, like a traditional rival sort of. That, you, that first you, you game. kick off 2020, like if it's ready for 2020, the NRL should be kicking off the 2020 season, 2020 season at Parramatta. Yeah, 100%. First, Thursday night football, which I'm not a huge fan of going out the games on Thursday. But Thursday night football, you get 30,000 or whatever, 32,000 with the corporate stuff in there. You know, sell it out to the rafters and, you know, kick the season off into a big bang. Yeah. Well, let's not start against the Dragons because we saw how that all panned out with our last new stadium. Um, so, uh, and then on to... Sorry, this go. Is interesting. This is interesting because why are... See, my Tottenham Hotspurs, they're building a stadium too, which is planned to be opened up mid-2018-19. Mid now, now, they started, uh, say, last year this time... Now, I don't know why. Their stadium is 65,000. This is going to be 32,000. Now, why would this take a bit longer than... Uh, economies of scale, economies of scale. I think. Tottenham are working with a budget that would be probably bigger than Parramatta and the state government. And yeah, it's I a think... New South Wales state government project. That's uh, Whenever you get state government involved... A lot of, lot of bureaucracy, yeah. A lot of red tape. No, I, I think... I, w- I was having a chat. I was at one of the... One of the members' councils meetings a while ago, they said the stadiums, I mean, like Suncorp and that, the ones where no matter where you view from, it's like you're watching from the same spot. They take a bit longer because it's kind of the way they build yeah, it is a, a bit unique, different as well. Yeah, yeah, so they kind of got to, they've got to like make sure it's right because if like one spot is retarded, then you, uh-huh. you know, you, you can, you can, that's like, an, that's like another two year setback. So you got to like, you, you basically build like, Tier by tier type thing. Yeah. Whereas, whereas an A and Z, you can build the whole thing because it's all. That's right. It's a lot more conventional build path. Yeah. Going going out so, and back rather than out yeah. and up. Um, yes, I mean, so it's, it's, it's nothing major, but um, yes, it's just it's it's just to make sure that it's all built be, as it should be. Really interesting to see how um the outdoor stuff goes. The uh you know the sort of screening um room or screening park outside and all those sort of amenities. If they can real really build a sort of like American esque. Not, not a tailgate, you know, for yeah. our culture, but yeah. like get a big, big crowd outside the crowd. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right, last, last wrapping up. So moving forward, I think we'll want to do our next one, um, beginning of next year. Um, do we want to start looking when the um, Harold Matts and SG Ball starts up? Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be a really good place. I mean, we could probably even do... Like once training gets into full swing, really post um, yeah, probably Christmas. What they, what they yeah they usually come back like properly what m- middle of January or so. Yeah, well, well, World Cup throws things into a bit of a, a spin this year because you got your CBA players get I think eight weeks off. So yeah, yeah. the guys the guys that are in the World Cup squads will be coming back late and training starting training late. But I think yeah, we we have orientation for our new players and obviously the the juniors that are going to be playing up or training up with the the big boys. And all the guys that aren't in the World Cup will be in November, early November. So yeah, I think training will hit full swing pre pre December. They have the break and they get back in January. So we can probably start working around there once we get you know a bit of content to look at. You know who's 
who's sort of making waves in the, the training fields and then the um, ditch yeah. rep squads. All right. And if you boys want to plug your own websites, um, maybe we do that at the start of every pod if you want to do that. Oh, we, can, we can do it at the end. It's a good way to go off. At the end. All right. Well, if you want to hear from 40, um, yeah. check out the Cumberland Throw. Dot com. Yeah. Dot um, com. You can catch, catch myself, 60s, Mitch. Uh, Chris posts every now and then. He's got some great content when he gets but he's a busy man. Um, a little bit of a lull now, obviously, with all the Parramatta stuff winding down the NRL. We've done a bit of um, season review stuff. Our, our last big thing was obviously the Bernie Gurr interview, but um, we'll start dialing things back up soon with a few more season reviews and player reviews before you get all the goodness from 60s as the boys at the training park. And Ricky, your website? Oh, it's just www.nrlnews.com. Just, the, na- the name gives it away. It's just... And they're on here, so you know, just just to read, basically, that's about it. So read it. And Ricky, Ricky's a good oh, follow yeah. on Twitter as well, actually. Oh yeah, and sort of has also have at and are on news. That's that's basically again, it's nice and easy. So and you'll you know, catch always, catch all the, all the breaking news for every everything in the NRL. Yeah, all the all the breaking news, rugby league stats if you like them. Doing a a right, whole rugby league World Cup stats. Block at the moment. Did you know? It's all. And um, it's all, I'm, it's all I'm not. A, I'm not a huge Twitterer. I, I get on the the old handle every now and then. Mitch, if you want an interesting follow at Eels TCT is ours um, on the old Twitterverse. You got anything to plug, Birdie? Come, Birdie, give us something. Just uh, Bevan Heaven One. Catch me in the Discord chat talking shit to Ron PD. Catch me Discord. How about that? Yeah. How about that? PD. How about that? Hey, PD and Ron, get a mic. This is a lot yeah, of fun, you know. Get a mic, Bryce. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, thanks very much for tonight. I'll cut this yeah, down, nice. see how we go, and then um, we'll be back. Yeah, catch you, boys. Have a good one. Have a good one. Catch you later. Peace. Peace.